I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theater. Opening November 17, 1939, at the Alvin Theater, Very Warm for May, with music by Jerome Kern and book and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II, was the team's final score for Broadway, following their hits Showboat, Sweet Adeline, and Music in the Air. It marked a return to Broadway for Kern, who had spent several years in Hollywood writing music for movies, including Swing Time for Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. With staging by Vincent Minnelli, Very Warm for May featured June Allison, Eve Arden, Jack Whiting, and Vera Ellen among the performers on Broadway, and contained such favorite songs as All the Things You Are, All in Fun, and In the Heart of the Dark. Gerald Boardman, author of the definitive Kern biography, Jerome Kern, His Life and Music, hailed the score as one of Kern's finest. The original production received mixed reviews, with the New York World Telegram calling the show, quote, gay and delightful, unquote, and finding the songs to be, quote, the most charming that Kern and Hammerstein have ever written, unquote. While Brooks Atkinson of the New York Times said, quote, very warm for May is not so hot for November, unquote. And Robert Benchley of the New Yorker praised the show as, quote, lovely to the ear and complimentary to the intelligence. Unlike most musicals, it actually gets better and funnier as it goes on, unquote. Part of the lukewarm response may have been due to a book that was changed at the last minute. Very Warm for May opened out of town with a plot that had Long Island society girl Mary Graham fleeing threatening gangsters and hiding out at an avant-garde summer stock troupe in Connecticut. Eve Arden portrayed a dizzy society matron. This first version of the show received rave reviews and played to sold-out houses. Producer Max Gordon had been away when the show opened out of town, and when he saw it, he hated the gangster subplot and had it removed. However, New Yorkers didn't seem to be as crazy about the summer stock story. Just having seen Rogers and Hart's hit Babes in Arms with the same setting the year before. It was a very competitive season on Broadway. One month after Very Warm for May opened, Cole Porter's Dewberry Was a Lady, Rogers and Hart's Too Many Girls, and the hit reviews Streets of Paris and George White's Scandals were all running. Very Warm for May is a quintessential lost musical from the 1930s. Because of its endearing score by two Broadway legends and its surprisingly quick disappearance from the theater scene. Over the years, Very Warm for May has been reassessed as one of the most lovely musicals of the 1930s, and having seen the original production at the age of nine, Stephen Sondheim had cited the show as an inspiration for his interest in the musical theater. Here on the June 4th, 1951 episode of The Railroad Hour are the stars Anna Mary Dickey and Gordon McRae with Lamont Johnson in... Very warm for May. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train.
Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the Jerome Kern Oscar Hammerstein second musical play, Very Warm for May, starring Gordon McRae and his charming guest, Anna Mary Dickey. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight another great musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads. The same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now here is our star, Gordon McRae. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, sir, in tonight's story, I'm Johnny Graham, a Broadway triple threat man, writer, actor, producer. And Anna Mary Dickey is a gal named May, who, well, I think she's wonderful. spring when I first met Johnny Graham. He was walking down the street and he wasn't looking where he was going and he bumped right into me. Hey, wait a minute. I didn't bump into you. You bumped into me. You were wearing that big floppy hat and you, you couldn't see through it or out of it or something. I wasn't wearing a hat at all. You were too. You were wearing a great big silly cocktail. Now, Johnny, I don't intend to get trapped into that argument again. I was not wearing a hat and that's all there is to it. Okay. You were not wearing a hat. Were you wearing your head, hmm? <laughs> oh, yes, Johnny, I was wearing my head all right. But I lost it the moment I saw you. What did you think the first time you saw me? Well, I thought you were kind of scrawny, but you had possibilities. <laughs> you did? Sure. What did you think? Scrawny, huh? If that's what you thought, why did you ask me to have dinner with you? I just told you. You had possibilities. Well, anyhow, we had dinner... And we seemed to click, didn't we? Uh, we sure did. That dinner stretched into an entire evening. And we danced the night away. I remember exactly what you said. Do you? I certainly do. On through the night Till the night is through Let's keep right on dancing now that I've met you Eventually I do. If this 
saw her every day after that. As soon as I got through with the theater, I was knocking at the door. And no matter when it was, I was waiting. It seemed like the ideal match. That is, until... Until I found out she wanted to go on the stage. And until I found out he didn't want me to go on the stage. What do you mean you're going into summer stock? What do you mean, what do I mean I'm going into summer stock? I am. Barn theaters, playgrounds for arty amateurs to try out screwy ideas. Well, some very good things come out of summer stock. Yes, well, you're not going to be one of them. I want to come home at night to a wife, not an actress. Were you thinking of marrying me by any chance? You know darn well I was thinking of marrying you. Well, there's some things a girl likes to be told. And one of the things she likes to be told is how the man she's in love with feels about her. All right, darling. This is the way I feel about you. Time and again I've longed for adventure. Something to make my heart beat the faster. What did I long for? I never really knew. Finding your love, I found my adventure. Touching your hand, my heart beats the faster. All that I want in all of this world is you.
know you felt like that. Okay, now you know. So will you please give up all this nonsense about summer stock and marry me? Johnny, try to understand. I love the theater. I know I can do something, and I'm, I'm leaving for Connecticut tomorrow. Well, okay, go ahead. If a nowhere job means more to you than I do, there's no point in me staying here. Well, then why are you staying here? I'm not. I'll see you around, kid. Johnny, what do you think of our theater? Oh, oh, and this is Ogden Quiller, our director. Mr. Quiller, Mr. Graham. How do you do? Charmed. How nice of you to drop by and see us. Oh, I didn't drop by to see you. I'm on my way through to Boston. Oh. Mr. Graham evidently doesn't have time to waste on amateur productions. No, as a matter of fact, I don't. People have to get started someplace, you know. Ogden, didn't you say something about lunch a moment ago? Charmed. Well, let's go. There's no use taking up the time of such important Broadway people. See you around, Johnny. I stood there alone on that empty stage, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. All I knew was that I loved me, in spite of her silly ideas, and, well, that I, I had to do something about it. Silent evening falls in a mist on a distant hill. The voices of day are still, and I'm alone. of fancy feel the world that I own when I am alone in the heart of the dark I know a dream's on its way Yes, she is. Well, you're leaving now, aren't you? No. No, I'm not leaving. And from now on, you'd better watch out, Quiller, because it's going to be very warm for me. 
of Very Warm for May in just a moment. In ordinary times, most of us take railroads pretty much for granted. We rarely stop to think about them as the vital link which connects mine, forest, farm, and factory with the stores where we buy, all as a matter of course, the things we need every day. But in time of national rearmament under threat of war, we begin to think more about our railroads, the highways of steel on which trains of cars and locomotives turn out the great bulk of all intercity freight transportation service. For the fact is that this nation and its people and its armed forces can have no more of anything than can be hauled. And that's why the railroads, as the country's basic carriers, are a fundamental defense industry, an essential part indeed of the whole process of production. It follows that if the needs of our armed forces and the requirements of our essential civilian economy are to be met, then the needs of the railroads in time of emergency must also be met. Since the end of World War II, the railroads have spent one and one-half billion dollars for new cars, nearly as much on new locomotives, and more than two billion dollars on better tracks, shops, signals, and other improvements to add to their capacity and efficiency. Since the beginning of the invasion of Korea, the railroads have ordered almost another billion dollars worth of freight cars and more locomotive power to match, in order to expand railroad carrying capacity to meet national needs. And there is no way in which steel and other scarce materials can be used to better advantage in the increase of transportation capacity than by building these cars and locomotives which the nation needs. Hi, this is Porchlight Music Theater producing artistic associate Frankie Leo Bennett. If you value programming like this, please consider making a donation today at porchlightmusictheater.org. We appreciate your consideration and hope you enjoy the show. And now here is the second act of Very Warm for May, starring Gordon McRae and his guest star, Anna Mary Dickey. Johnny stayed in town, and he started showing up for rehearsals. I didn't say anything. I, I stayed in the back of the theater. I mean, the barn. You said plenty to me every time you got a chance. Well, I just said that that bum quiller was a very lucky fellow. You were very sarcastic. I was not. I was worried. And you made some very nasty cracks to me. That's right. I did it there. <laughs> I said... Your sweethearts, how do you rate them? No wonder they stand in line. All hope 
that dope quiller, do you, May? Is that what you think, Johnny? Okay, I discovered a long time ago that there's no point in arguing with you. You know, that might have been the end of the story if Mr. Quiller hadn't done me a great favor. He walked on on the show a few days before opening night. I was asked to take over and, well, the... The theater's my racket, I... And why should you miss a golden chance like that to take me over the coals? Now, May, that wasn't the idea at well, all. Well, that's what happened. You started right in on my first song. Uh, you were awful on your first song. Yeah, that's what you told me, remember? Now, May, when you did that song tonight, I noticed a few things. Uh, you don't mind a little criticism, do you? No, Johnny, I want all the help you can give me. Oh, good. Now, first of all, it's got to be done simply. You're singing it to just one man, okay? Let's try it, please. We are seen around New York, El Morocco and the Stork, and the others stay up late. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop, stop. What did you do that for? What? The thing you did with your hand, what was that? Oh, I don't know. It was just, just a gesture. I've seen lots of singers do that. Mm -hmm. 
and so was everybody else. Well, what do you want me to do? Stand here like a lamppost? No, no. All I want you to do is figure out what the words mean and then sing them that way. Now look at me and try it again. I am on the town with you these days. That's the way oh, no, it's... no, look at me. Look at the man you're supposed to be singing it to. Just a fellow and a girl. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. You're not with it, May. Look, look. You love me, don't you? You mean in the play? Of course in the play. What do you think I meant? <laughs> now, look. We're working now. And I'm going to make you put this song over if it's the last thing I do. Now, all right. You love me, but you're trying to laugh it off. Now sing it that way. Just a fellow and a girl, we have had a little whirl, and our feet have left the ground a bit. We played around a bit. That's the way it stands. For we Sing it like it matters. Sing your heart out. Pretend that... Are you crying? No. You can't make me cry. Not over an old song. There are more important things in the world than the theater, but not to you. No matter how much a girl loved you, you'd never forgive her if she hit a wrong note or didn't sell a song. You, you, you big ham. Take the chorus again. I won't. Oh, yes, you will. Even if you stand there until you drop, you're going to stand there until you can sell that song. Well, you finally sang the song, didn't you, May? Yes, Johnny, I sang it, and it was a hit thanks to you. And then I decided that that wasn't what I really wanted. All of a sudden, I knew it was going to be enough for me to be Mrs. Johnny Graham. That's a full-time job in itself. Are you sorry, honey? You still got a secret hankering for the footlights? Sorry? How could I be sorry? You know how I feel about you, Johnny. You've certainly told me enough times. You 
this hush of evening that trembles on the brink of a lovely song. Dickie will be back in just a moment. And our thanks to Lamont Johnson and our entire company. The musical play, Very Warm for Me, by Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein II, was adapted for the Railroad Hour by Gene Holloway. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by the American Railroads. America's abundant production and its vast rearmament program are dependent on many things. The will of the people, adequate raw materials, Ingenuity, energy. But beyond these things, it takes efficient and economical railroad transportation to move raw materials to factories for fabrication and then deliver them to our armed forces and to stores and homes all over the nation. Because the railroads do a mass transportation job that no other form of transportation can do, it's important that they receive the steel and other materials they need to build freight cars and locomotives to still further expand their carrying capacity. And here again is lovely Anna Mary Dickey. Well, Anna Mary, I, I never thought I'd be telling a gal like you how to sing, but I, I certainly enjoyed it. I did too, Gordon. The men I studied grand opera with had much longer hair. <laughs> Who are you giving lessons to next week? Well, the show is The Gypsy Princess. And our guest star is Yarmula Novotna. By golly, Gordon, if you aren't careful, you're going to have every operatic soprano in the country singing love songs to you, as if they meant them. <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll certainly listen. Well, Anna Mary, it's always wonderful to have you with us and come back again real soon. All aboard! Well, sir, it looks as though we're ready to pull out, and so until next week, this is Gordon McRae saying goodbye. <laughs> Gordon McRae appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. This is Marvin Miller saying goodbye until next week for the American Railroads. Now keep tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC. Warm for May was loosely transferred to the silver screen for the MGM movie 
Broadway rhythm in 1944, with only the song All the Things You Are retained from the musical and the plot rewritten yet again. Actor George Murphy plays snippets of songs from the original score while seated at a piano awaiting the arrival of leading lady Ginny Sims. Oscar Hammerstein refused to allow productions of Very Warm for May after Jerome Kern's death. In 1985, however, the Hammerstein and Kern estates finally authorized a performance by a small New York company, followed in 1994 by a Carnegie Hall concert with full orchestrations. While working at the Metropolitan Opera, today's star Anna Marie Dickey became the headline nightclub singer at the Wedgwood Room of the prestigious Waldorf Astoria Hotel from 1943 to 1946, singing a mix of popular songs and classical works. After leaving the Met, her work shifted predominantly towards musical theater, becoming a leading lady on Broadway from 1944 to 1954. She created roles in the original productions of Chrysler's Rhapsody as Empress Maria Theresa in 1944, George S. Kaufman's Hollywood Pinafore as Brenda Blossom in 1945, and Rogers and Hammerstein's Allegro as Marjorie Taylor in 1948, the latter of which was the pinnacle of her career. Theaters across the country need your support now more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Weber. Music